Hello and welcome to Big Soda, the most trusted name in soda podcasting. Each week we'll be delving into a soda brand from every angle to give you, our small and precipitously declining group of listeners, the big picture on soft drinks you never knew you needed. I'm Dash, and these are my co-hosts Evan and Patrick, and today we're going to be tackling A&W Root Beer, a company that seems to hold the entire root beer industry in their rich and creamy grasp. Now, root beer was a product of the old American West. Not like Beach Boys old, but more like burying six children to cholera in one week old. Now, wouldn't that be nice? In the 1840s, some intrepid pharmacists mixed together made-up-sounding things like sassafras and sarsaparilla to form a tasty, refreshing tonic to refresh their palates after a long day of probably doing racist stuff. Sassy racists. Love it. Fast forward to 1919 when entrepreneur Roy W. Allen started up a root beer stand in some place called Lodi, California, and started selling his beverages to returning World War I veterans. One can only hope he offered a discount per missing limb. Soon, he became partners with one Frank Wright, not the architect, amazingly enough, and the two came up with the wildly dull name of A&W. Soon, they received an influx of money from Willard Marriott, the future creator of Marriott Hotels, otherwise known as holding pens for college sports teams and recently divorced people. Also, where the idea for Big Soda was born, but that's a story for another time. Together, the team began opening a franchise of A&W restaurants, one that allegedly continues to operate until this day. The company weathered its ups and downs for the next four decades, until the 70s, when a groovy tax shelter called the United Fruit Company purchased A&W and began distributing its root beer to stores nationwide. One of the best and most beloved companies of all time. Since then, A&W has gone on to become your average person's fourth or maybe fifth choice of soda. So, where do you guys fall on this fine, fine product? Um, I think, so I'm, I'm a fan of root beer. Um, I can't say it's my go-to. You know, your assessment of fourth or fifth choice is pretty dead on. Um, I definitely don't hate it like some people do. There's some people who really, really hate it. They say it tastes like medicine, which I've never really understood, but whatever. Um, of the root beers, I'd say A&W is definitely the classic, arguably the best. Um, I just like other like root beer flavored things, like those root beer, lo those root beer lollipops and stuff like that. It's just a... It's just a good flavor, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, it has a strong aftertaste, but that's not like a bad thing. Um, but I think the weirdest thing about it is that I've never, I don't think I've ever really had like a truly freezing cold root beer. You know what I mean? Like even if it is physically cold, it never tastes cold in the same way as like a ice cold Coke or something like that. Am I like really off base there or am I making that up? That's a really good point. Root beer never really tastes that cold. I never really thought about that. That's a good point, Evan. And I want to add to your root beer lollipops, those root beer barrels that your grandmother has on her um, nightstand. Uh, those are awesome. I love those candies as well. But I'm a big A&W guy. I'm a big root beer guy. To me, a and it's funny that you say A&W is the classic root beer because it's not the first name that I think of when somebody says root beer. Um, I usually think of Stewart's, probably. Mm. Yep. Um, but I like A&W. Um, but it's not my favorite, but only for the reason that after you drink A&W, I think you said the aftertaste, 
A&W kind of sits in your mouth like like you took a big drink from like a half and half bottle almost. It has like that like weird kind of creamy, like too creamy taste. But um, yeah, I, I really love A&W and I'm excited to dig into it today. All right, guys, very interesting takes. So I want to hop in the old time machine and take a look back at some of A&W's various promotional taglines and slogans over the years. So I'm going to throw you guys a tagline and you can give me your commentary, all right? Sure, let's do it. Perfect. So, in the 1960s, A&W's slogan was, The Frosty Mug Sensation. I like this one. And to Evan's point, the only thing that kind of combats like that sort of like hot, like spicy kind of taste of root beer is putting it in a frosty mug. So, I think, I think they, um, they hit the nail on the head right out of the gate here. I really like this slogan. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they've changed their uh, recipe at all. Um, I mean, even with the frosty mug, I feel like it's still just like it's, you never quite get that freezing cold taste. But it's okay. I mean, it might be false advertising. Um, but then again, it was the 60s. Like I said, things could have been different. Interesting points all around. I do want to add that uh, people should actually be advised to use caution when freezing glass objects. I believe there is sort of a shatter point that can be reached there that's kind of overlooked <laughs> by this tagline. Oh, interesting. Can you give me the exact Celsius reading of that? Uh, I don't have those numbers yet, but I can throw it out to the big board for later. Okay. <laughs> uh, so in the 70s and 80s, uh, A&W introduced kind of a visual component to their marketing which was, uh, quote, the Great Root Bear, which was accompanied by this cartoon bear. Um, you, can't see, you can't see it for the listeners at home, so I'll describe it. It's a, uh, a really sort of garishly smiling fat bear wearing kind of an orange turtleneck sweater. And maybe, is that a beret or some sort mm -hmm. of messenger cap? It looks like a beret, yeah. It's very fancy. Very bougie. And it says A&W on the front. So what do you guys think about this? Um, I mean, it's a little on the nose. Uh, you know, it's a, kind of a bad pun. Uh, the bear looks kind of stupid too, but you know, I, I don't. I don't really fault them for this. Um, I, I get where they're coming from. Um, I just don't understand the proclivity of of cartoon bears to always not wear pants. What is with that? I don't get it. Yeah, it's a really good point, Evan. Uh, this bear definitely has just a tremendously stupid face. But um, and even though this slogan is a hundred percent just a way to shoehorn in some kind of dumb cartoon character to you know, shove in kids' faces to make them, you know, drink A&W more. I kind of like this one, and I like it because the bear's name, which you left out, is Rudy. Mm, I'm going to oh. leave it there. <laughs> well, thank you for the course correction there. Very important point. To be sure, uh, I want to move forward to 2002, a uh, very difficult time for everyone here. And uh, the slogan was, A&W, it's good to be thick-headed. I don't get, doesn't... Thick-headed means like you're an idiot, right? Like you're a stupid person. Mm -hmm. Then <laughs> I have no idea what they're trying to promote with this one. It's kind of confusing. Um, I have no idea what they're trying to tell me about the product. I don't know if it's good, um, but they are telling me to embrace my, my stupidity. Um, so I guess I like that angle. But what do you got, Evan? Yeah, I, like you said, Dash, the timing is a little weird. This 2002, I wonder... You know, around when in 2002 this, uh, mm. this, this was come up with. Um, it just seems like a little, like, tone deaf for the time. I mean, I think we, at that time, we really wanted smart, smart folks, smart people, right? So, I don't know. Um, I think these, these, these have been getting worse. Uh, I would 
generally go more towards the stupid cartoon bear than this, but that's just me. <laughs> I like that it only took three episodes for us to get a uh, subtle 9-11 reference. In there, so <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm pretty sure we did have one, actually, maybe in the first oh. episode. So don't want to <laughs> rain on your parade. Never forget, though. So Yeah. That's true. Uh, a lot of a lot of lost heroes on that day for our baby boomer audience. Just want to make sure we're still speaking to you. So uh, moving forward into the present day, we have A and W's latest and greatest slogan, which is "quote Bring home the root beer." This is like <laughs> what I, I don't know. It's like there. First of all, there are other kinds of root beer, so they just they're saying that they're the only kind of root beer. There's no creativity here. There's no you know. I, I was not so hot on the cartoon bear, but I'm, I'm again, I'm starting to miss this bear here because at least the bear mm -hmm. had character. This is just kind of boring. Mm -hmm. I'm with Evan here. Uh, this would have been much better if it was more bear focused. Um, <laughs> I also really don't like, and we've touched this a few times in the past, I don't like slogans that are like commands. <laughs> I just really don't like mm -hmm. commercials telling me what to do. It feels really weird. So I just, I don't like this one either, but um they really, I, th I think they hit their stride in the 70s and 80s with um, the great Rudy. Um, and it's just sad that, you know, he's not still in the mix more. Yeah. R.I.P. Rudy. Gone too soon. Hashtag pray for Rudy. Um, I just want to acknowledge if any uh, A&W marketing reps are among our seven Twitter followers. By the way, that is at Big Soda Podcast. Uh, check in with us and, and let us know why you haven't brought back Rudy. We're really all waiting on that. Uh, but I do want to move right ahead to my next segment, which I and I alone love to call Soda Streams of Consciousness, that being a trio of rapid-fire questions regarding today's soda that we will answer to the best of our meager abilities. So, first off, when it comes to A&W root beer, is it best in a can, a fountain, from the fountain, or a bottle? Uh, for the third time in a row now, I'm going to have to go can. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a, a soda that is better in a different delivery form than a can, but that, that might just be my, my thing. I got to push back there. I think we're going to get to some sodas in the future that are definitely better uh, from the fountain. Mm. Um, plastic bottle, I think we should just drop that from here. Nobody ever likes that. Um, that's just your, your settled choice. Um, but definitely with A&W, you definitely got to go can. Fair enough. Uh, maybe perhaps for, for future episodes, we should consider widening uh, the bottle definition to include two liters, glass bottles, etc. But that's another problem, well, yeah. you know. Because the mm -hmm. bottle does have the advantage of being bigger. So, right. you know. That is true. And drinking a two liter makes you feel really powerful and also really gross. So mm -hmm. I like that as well. Yep. It's an alpha move, but I want to move on. So for A&W root beer, can it mix with alcohol? You know, probably not. Um, just for, because when you, you get like, what, like whiskey or, I can't even think of what else you would want to put in this. Probably just whiskey, but it has that kind of like bitter taste and then you mix that with like the creaminess of A&W and mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to mix really well. So I can't really see any anybody ever ordering a mixed drink with A&W. So I don't think so with this one. Yeah, the taste is too overpowering on its own. I feel like it would just completely, I don't even know what it would be like, to be honest with you. So I'm going to go no on this one as well. 
Yeah, for a second there, I considered saying that uh, A&W might mix with Bailey's cream, but as soon as the words left my mouth, Oof. I felt nauseous immediately. So, yeah, not going to recommend that one. Uh, and then the final stream. We're up to the final stream of consciousness, and that is what is the best food pairing with A&W? Um, pretty much like basic American food. I mean, um, I know we... Uh, we uh, have you guys ever been to this uh, the A and W restaurant? We haven't mentioned that yet. But oh God, no! Really, you've never been? So I, I did a little research on this. How many how many locations do you think the A and W restaurant has nationwide? Six, more than you think. <laughs> how many would you say, Evan? At Dash throughout six, which would have been closer to my guess. Like a hundred. A hundred. They have twelve hundred. What? <laughs> I have never seen one. What Ever. states? Really? I've, I've been to one. So it's mostly in Canada. That's what I thought. So in the 70s, they sold franchises. I don't know. Rights. I've been to one. I, was, when I, I, was, I think it was in Pennsylvania that I was in one. Oh, really? Yeah. What was it like? It was, I mean, it was fine. It was basic American food, you know, just like run-of-the-mill, you know, burgers and, and hot dogs and, you know, fries and, you know. Just like a fast food restaurant without the fast food aspect. A little bit, like a little bit higher quality than a fast food restaurant, you know? It's sit down? Sit down, yeah. Oh. But it's like quick. It's not like they don't, you don't get served. You go to the, you go to the, the counter and order. And, okay. You, know, you get oh. it and bring it. Interesting. Do yeah. they pop Rudy in a booth like they do with uh, Ronald McDonald at McDonald's? Do they pop what in a booth? I'm sorry. The Rudy, the bear. Oh, no, I didn't bear. see Rudy. I mean, it was a while ago that I was there. It must have been at least 10 years ago, but I did, definitely was, have been in one. Well, what is, what is Patrick, what are you about your food pairings? What, do you have anything different? Or Yeah, I mean, it's basically what they serve at the restaurant, right? So to me, A&W is a hamburger soda. Um, I just feel like it, it almost feels like sort of a half step between a soda and a milkshake almost. Um, so it feels like you're kind of getting the best of both worlds when you have it with a hamburger. So to me, it's always been best with that. Absolutely. And I just want to round out that segment by mentioning, because we failed to mention it thus far, that one of the best vehicles for root beer is in a root beer float with ice cream. Yeah, mm. of course. So yep. that's just stating the obvious. Uh, but I want to move on. You know, A&W, to me, seems to dominate the root beer market everywhere I go. Um, I've, I've even had a hard time in my home state even finding mug root beer, but I'm wondering if we can get some <laughs> of the numerical deets on this one. So I'm going to throw it out to Evan. Has root beer been made great again in the marketplace? Well, first I, I'd like to give a brief shout out. To, I know we just discussed it a little bit to the A&W restaurant chain, which despite your guys' complete, um, like not knowing what it is at all, uh, has seen uh, record profits since it's split from its parent company. And I, I'm not kidding. Its, parent, its original parent company's name was, all capitals, YUM, mm -hmm. with an exclamation point, uh, <laughs> five years ago. They split off, and since then they've been doing gangbusters. Absolutely amazing. Sales are outpacing the industry up 20% over the last five years. So I don't know really, really where, where you guys have been. Um, that you haven't heard about this, but this makes me is. wonder: Am I in some kind of like computer simulation, or what's going? On? I've never seen this restaurant, but okay, maybe you are. Maybe we all are. That seems most likely. Yeah, yeah. Um, as for the soda itself, it is a part of the Dr Pepper, Pepper Snapple Corporation, which we discussed a few episodes back in great detail. So um, the the sort of sales figures are sort of in line, mostly in line with that. 
Um, of the root beer market, their share has fluctuated over the years, but seems to have settled on about a 30% market share of all root beers. Now, this this was seemed a little bit low for me, honestly, um, because if you just list off all the root beers, I guess that it is the majority, but um, it seemed like it would be higher than that to me. I mean, that seems that's what I would have thought before you told us those numbers. Um, 30? Yeah, because there's so many different root beers. And, and another thing is root beer is one of the sodas that's so, like, um, each, like, geographical location has their own, mm-hmm. like, sort of local-ish root beer. Um, Got it. That they, like, I'm a Stewart's guy. You know, I'm mm. from near where Stewart's is from. Like, that was what's in it was every store. So that's what I used to get. So you got you to gotta factor those in when you look at the numbers, I think. Very good point. Um, now, I have some demographic info here. I know this has become a popular segment for you guys. Uh, and I'd love to see how close you <laughs> mm-hmm. can get to the mark here. Uh, because it's, i got to tell you, it's a little bit different than our previous two entries. Um, so, what do you guys think is the average primary age range of an A&W customer? 95. No. I'm going to take this one really seriously because I'm a big fan of A&W. I'm going to say like 18 to, to 34. Is that too big? That feels too big. It's a little big, but you're you're both wrong. Well, actually, Dash, you're more right. <laughs> I'm more right, um, and then it's sixty five plus. Yes. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Broad assumptions always win. It's because of those goddamn root beer barrels. I it's told you. It's the root beer barrels. It is, and they and it actually leans more toward. There was like a section for kids and no, whether they had kids or not. And it leans towards no kids. <laughs> so older people who have never had kids. So just very sad and desperate and lonely souls. <laughs> <laughs> now, primary race. What do you guys think? White. This feels like a white, white-ass soda. Very much white. Yeah, super white. Um, in terms of income range, what do you think? It's a bit wider than past drinks we've covered. So, Dash, what do you got? I'm going to go firmly middle class on this one. Um, doesn't seem like something that's often bought at gas stations along with prophylactics and, you know, whatever, Jinko biloba root. It's more of something that you'd see in a highbrow market. Yeah, that was a wild pronunciation on Jinko biloba, but I, I How do you pronounce that? Can <laughs> can I get can I get the big board th- on that? I think it's Ginkgo biloba. Okay. But, uh I think you were maybe thinking of the the jeans from the nineties Jinko. Okay. I apologize um, to our Middle Eastern listeners for that. but i i tend to agree with dash here i think it's it feels like a middle class soda so i i don't know what that is like fifty thousand. yeah it's 20 it's about 20 to 80k a year so um and then level of education what do you guys think Ooh, high school yeah probably i mean that's the majority right yep no college high school now, um, I have a couple other items that, were, that are typically bought alongside A&W Root Beer. Um, two of them are drinks. Uh, actually, three of them are drinks. And then there is a, a food product. What do you guys think? Um, just throw some, op- some options out there. What about ice cream? Yeah. Nope. Wow. Uh, plain Lay's potato chips. <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you a hint on the food item. Um, it's a very famous uh, brand that does. A, it's a. It's a cereal. Um, what? And it's a. It's a sort of cereal uh, with the sort of frosting on it. Frosting. Are they great? No. Okay. <laughs> cereal mm. with frosting. 
I gotta say, even before we hear what cereal it is, I don't like that. No. I don't like Ke- this. Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats. Ah. Uh, uh, I do like that cereal. Drinking... Yep. It's very old white people cereal. Um, and then in terms of the other two, the, the drinks, let's say, so there's, um, there's another soda here of a diet variety um, that is a lighter soda. Diet Sierra Mist? Close. Sprite Zero? Nope. Like a Diet Seagram's, maybe? That's a good guess. Not young really people good drink, though. Yeah. It's Diet Mountain Dew, folks. Diet Mountain Dew? Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> and then uh, you got another one here uh, of a red. It's a red, red color. Red flavor. Red color. <laughs> Hawaiian Punch again? Yep. What the oh, hell is God. going on with this Hawaiian Punch? And now uh, the last one you're probably not going to get. Um, so I'm just going to say it, and that's Gold Peak Tea. That was my, that was my <laughs> next guess. <laughs> um, and then primary payment methods. EBT again. Cash, cash, baby. Cash and food stamps again. Man, I, I know America is not in good shape, guys. <laughs> no, America's in great shape when you can use food stamps to buy soda. True, it's very free. true. Very, very true. Well, that's all I got, though. So um, back to you, Dash. Great work, Evan. Thank you so much for crunching those numbers. Um, But I want to move along to something a little bit more tangible, more tactile, and that is our taste test segment. So we've all gotten out, gone out, and we've got one of the more sort of unusual varieties of A&W. There's really only one other one in this bracket. Uh, and we're going to give you our feedback. So we've all gone and purchased uh, Diet A&W, right, guys? Yep. Patrick? Let's move along. I got a vanilla orange Orbitz, okay? This is getting old. I will move on. I got the right thing. Evan may have got Did you get the right thing? I got a Diet A&W. It was really hard to get a Diet A&W, actually. I had to get a two-liter. I had to go to two separate grocery stores um, until I found one. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't easy, but, you know. Okay. Some people make sacrifices for this podcast, and that's fine. Um, so, in terms of what I thought of it, uh, I think it lacks, like, a little bit. I, for reference, I actually had a regular A&W last week to, so I could compare um, I would say it lacks a little bit of the punch of the regular A&W, but definitely not as much as other diet sodas and their regular counterparts. So I'm looking at you, um, Dr. Pepper. Um, as much as I love Dr. Pepper, that, that marketing slogan is incorrect. Um, you can sort of taste the lack of sugar, but it's masked by the other ingredients more so than a regular diet soda. So it, it just seems like less different to me. Um, and honestly, I can't really comment too much on this because on the whole, it is so similar to the regular A&W that there isn't much to say that's different from our like primary analysis. So yeah, pretty, pretty dead on. Uh, I'm pretty much with you there, Evan, with a few wrinkles, a few caveats. Uh, I will say that it depends on what your definition of a good or great diet soda is supposed to be in terms of purely tasting, uh, delicious and you know pleasurable to the palate diet a&w root beer succeeds dramatically it is vastly better tasting than your average diet soda however to me the flavor of this diet a&w root beer what it really tasted most like 
was A&W Cream Soda of the non-diet variety, admittedly, which is impressive. But I didn't really get that kind of sarsaparilla, sassafras twang. It was a dull vanilla cream flavor, which I love. A&W Cream Soda is among my favorites, but it did not accurately replicate the taste of A&W root beer. So a mixed score from me, but overall, I did enjoy it. All right. And uh, I'm going to move on uh, to the news segment. The news segment. Uh, Patrick, did you, did you at least do that? I did, Dash. Um, and we're going to dig a little bit more into the A&W restaurant chain, which we were talking about a little bit earlier. So A&W restaurants, a little surprising, but they're making a little bit of a comeback. So if you Google A&W, a lot of the news stories that pop up are that uh, different A&W restaurants are coming to like cities throughout America and Canada. But this is super interesting. A&W restaurants seem to be some kind of Wild West situation, and you're going to see why. So I'm going to read you guys some 100% real, and I'm being serious. If any one of our four or five listeners want to pause and Google, you'll find that these are all real headlines. These are about A&W restaurants in the United States and Canada, and they're all from the past three years. You guys ready for this? Ready. Okay. Two women fall through second floor window in fight at downtown Montreal A&W. Man suffers fatal injury after incident with Hamilton police during arrest at A&W restaurant. Police release image of suspect and stabbing at Yon Street A&W restaurant. Man accused of beating, using stun gun, and strangling woman at A&W restaurant. Arrest made an armed robbery at A&W restaurant in Lawrenceville. Windsor A&W closes temporarily after lightning strike. <laughs> A&W reopens after devastating fire. Owners of Lake George A&W plan to rebuild after devastating fire. Those are two different devastating fires. <laughs> Vancouver A&W evacuated as police negotiate surrender of a man with machete. Suspects <laughs> sought after man stabbed inside downtown A&W. Driver injured after crash into A&W restaurant in Delphos. Car runs into Coburg A&W restaurant. Arson fire puts pay at A&W temporarily out of commission. A&W temporarily coming to Halifax Airport. So I guess to get us started with this conversation, um, Dash, when you were researching the history of A&W, mm-hmm. did you come across anything about how like maybe the A&W headquarters was built on like an ancient Indian burial ground <laughs> or maybe he's a Kennedy? Uh, what is it about A&W here? Didn't come across any kind of supernatural curses. Um, no. So that's coming up blank for me. Hmm, maybe the CEO stole like a cursed apple from a tree outside a witch's house or something. Because, I mean, I I was actually, I had more than that planned for today. And I didn't want to read them all because it's mm-hmm. very, very depressing. But, I mean, what is it about A&W that makes people just lose their minds when they step into it? Well, I guess there. Are, you said there are, what, 1,200 locations? I mean, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of crazy shit that happens at McDonald's. Um, yeah, but does, like, a McDonald's get struck by lightning and then have two <laughs> devastating fires? And like, I, I have a question. Um, I think it was one of the first ones you said. So there, so this A&W, woman falls out of <laughs> yeah, the second story of an A&W. Why is there a second story to this A&W? It's a complex. <laughs> I'm not sure about I don't know the logistics about it, but the two women were fighting and then they fell out of the window. Like they like pushed each other and then fell okay. through like the second floor of it down to the street. 
And spoiler alert, they're okay. Yeah. But are um, they okay? There's okay. some kind of like man, I don't know. I think people just step into A and W, and there's maybe like uh, maybe they're all under telephone wires or near like nuclear plants. Yeah, or it's like a full moon type of situation or something. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you, and it goes back to my other point. Um, there's really no logical reason for A&Ws to be like Mosul or Raqqa uh, in terms of just modern warfare. But I think <laughs> that maybe there's a connection between the idea that both Patrick and I were not even aware of these restaurants that have seemingly been right under our noses. Could this be some kind of AR advanced simulation like Westworld mm. or something like that. You know, could, are, were these people at all? Were they just programmed replicants, uh, you know, playing out some violent fantasy for their all seeing overlord? Mm -hmm. Maybe. And I mean, I think it's extra weird because, like, like I was saying earlier in our um, segment about the, uh, the financials, uh, the AW restaurants are doing really well um they're outpacing the industry like they're like on fire right now Li apparently literally and figuratively on fire so i don't know what's going on like is it is it just the increased foot traffic and then all the crazies it's just extra crazy people that are it's coming shocking. i don't know it's probably just some kind of like bermuda triangle situation where like a lot of people know about it but you can't find it on a map you've never seen it and mm -hmm. when you go there apparently your your brain just melts and explodes in your head I like the one about it being temporarily temporarily installed inside of an airport. You know what? That, that was, was really, me. That was nice. Um, the one before <laughs> said temporarily out of commission. Um, uh, a and is coming permanently uh, to the Halifax airport. I wanted to end with the most tragic one. So I was thinking they were planning in advance for some <laughs> kind of like shooting to take it out of commission. <laughs> they might as well. They're yeah. just hedging their bets. What are the insurance premiums yeah. for opening up an A&W franchise? It must be like through the roof. Evan, you have the numbers all, on that yet? or All kind of like arson premiums. Uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to look into it. <laughs> all right. It, it's just weird because it seems like people love... Like they enjoy like slamming their cars through the front door of a of an A and W more than they like the root beer itself. <laughs> and attacking people with machetes. And machetes. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. A lot of this violence is in Canada also. Mm-hmm. Which is also shocking because I was under the impression that there was no uh crime or violence in Canada. Yeah. Basically true. I guess it's when you export American soda, you also export American gun violence. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you're also exporting whatever curse uh, hangs over the A&W uh, empire to Canada. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think that curse really defines what A&W is about, and that's the way that I'm going to sum up, really, this whole show, this whole experience, which is that, you know, A&W has managed to stand the test of time and weather you know, the tides, whether it, whether it is, you know, like you said, a cursed apple outside a, a witch's cabin or if it's just, you know, the, the mark of a decaying society, they've still managed to battle through with just good old-fashioned elbow grease and maybe a little corporate graft. So I just want to let that be a lesson to all of us uh, in the soda community, because these are tough times. We've got the government and the media and these scientists against us, but I think we can and we will prevail if we only believe. Now, uh, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But to join in on the good fight for soda, please do add us on Twitter. That's at Big Soda Podcast. And until next time, this has been Big Soda. And if you call it pop, 
You're a motherfucking moron.